What's up, guys? Evolution.org podcast coming your way. Steve Snee here with Rick. As as always, how's it going, man? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? Guys, we have a special show. Um, I have some news. This is episode 274. Um, we are going to be doing an even, the even number shows from here on out are going to be about compounds, individual compounds. This show, 274, is going to be about Dianabol. So we're going to get to that in a second. This is going to be your reference on using Dianabol. So keep in touch on this podcast and save it for information. Our, our odd number podcasts are going to be Q&As and call-in shows. So we're going to be doing podcasts twice a week from here on out. So that's great news. Uh, they must likely like me uh, to keep me around to do two shows a week from here on out. They must like Rick as well. So we've been hearing some great stuff from you guys out there on this stuff. And um, by the way, guys, uh, Monday is going to be the Q&A or call-in from any of you guys that want to call. And then Thursdays, we'll do just a big show on one compound. Now, these shows are pretty much evergreen. If you come and listen to it three years from the day it was made, it'll still be probably the most up-to-date information there's out there about these compounds. So we're going to really encapsulate over 40 years of uh, knowledge that we've gathered really about these compounds and what everybody out there about them knows. So uh, these are like little encyclopedia volumes of all the information that is out there that is pretty well documented and proven and you could just reference them. So in the future shows, Q and A's and call-ins, when we talk about some of these compounds, you'll be able to track back and go in and listen to this podcast all about it. So we're, we're doing Dianabol today. It's pretty much everything that we, everybody knows about Dianabol out there today. Uh, we're going to discuss. So, Yeah, guys. So let's talk about what is Dianabol. First off, uh, that's the trade name is Dianabol. It's also called Mentandinone. It's also called Methandrostinone. And some of the other trade names you might have heard, Dianabol, Napism, Metanabol, um, Averbol have been called. And in the bodybuilding community, in the meathead community, we a lot of times we just straight up call it D-Bowl or D-Ball. So th those are the names that we kind of call it. If you go to your gym, you talk to anybody who's in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s, they're going to know what it is. Um, they've used it a lot. And it's kind of – it's one of the more popular steroids from the 70s, 80s, and even 90s. And it's kind of fallen off, though, in recent years. So we're going to tell you a little bit about it um, and – you know, talk about the history and talk about everything. Um, before we do, let me just give you a little background. The ratio is about 150 to 50, the anabolic, to, the um, androgenic ratio. So do those ratios translate to real life? No, of course not. But they do give you a little bit of an idea of the structure of the compound. So um, the one of the things about Dianabol 2 is the half-life is very, very short. It's only a four to six hour half-life. So usually guys will uh, take, take it twice a day. They'll do an AM and PM dosage to kind of balance things out the half-life. So let's talk about the history a little bit. Rick, you're, you, you've known, been studying uh, diet D-Ball a long time. Tell us about the history of Dianabol. Uh, basically, Dianabol is uh, the real first steroid. Testosterone had been already identified and used since the 30s, since the 1930s. But Diebold kind of changed the game. And 
the way it came around is there was a doctor, John Sigler, and he basically was the doctor of the Olympic weightlifting team during the 1954 World Games in Vienna. There he watched these Russians just crush it, man. They were hoisting massive amounts of steel and they were just killing it. He, um, over some drinks, took the Russian doctor and interrogated him a little bit about what they were doing. And, and the, the Russian doctor over some drinks told them basically that they were injecting testosterone. Now this is well before WADA and, and, and Olympic committees that, that were looking into performance enhancement. Nobody knew anything back then. John Sigler came back to the US and you know he started experimenting with testosterone on his athletes. Uh, it was John Sigler did it on himself and I think about a couple other guys. And he saw that it was awesome, bigger and better than, than any of their training regimens. But he realized there were some side effects. You know, back then, these guys were injecting testosterone base. So you had to inject a few times a day and just wanted a better way. So he developed Dianable. Now, this part I'm not clear on. It seems that SIVA, right? He, he, he went to work with SIVA on, on this compound. Now, SIVA, they had a bunch of books from the Germans that they had, um, they had gathered after Second World War. And this part, I'm not clear on. Apparently, SIVA had already patented Boldenon, Equipoise, which is the ba same base hormone as Dianabol is. Uh, they had already patented in 1949. I found that online somewhere. You know, a lot of this stuff is, this, you just got to search and search and try to find it. But then John Sigler didn't start thinking about developing Dianabol until 1954. So I'm not quite sure if, if uh, Boldenon came first or Dianabol came first, but they're both the same base hormone. They were both developed by SIVA. And anyway, so John Sigler, he goes and he develops V-Ball, you know, and he gives it to the athletes. They still get crushed by the Soviets, but, you know, he put it out there now. They also prescribed it to like burn victims and other folks who could, who could use it, but he put it out there and years and years later, he regretted it. He said years and years later that he, he fucked up. He shouldn't have done it. He turned uh, athletes now into, into drug users. Some of his, of his athletes had liver issues because they took way more than the dosage he put them on. And he regretted it, but he, he thought he fucked up. That was kind of the story of it. That's how Dianabol came to be. So Dianabol is basically same, same Boldenon, same base hormone. Boldenon has the undercyclinate ester. Uh, Dianabol has a modification to it so that it is oral and it doesn't have an ester chain. So a big difference, the ester chain makes the hormone uh, soluble in oil. So you can put it a, in an injection. It also releases out of deep or slower. It also, ester chain needs to be cleaved off first before the hormone can attach to, to receptors to have an effect. And so it, it delays the time of action. The modification to Dianable that makes it oral, um, it makes it work right away. It doesn't need any, anything to come off of it before it can attach to the receptors. It, it goes right in, it's ready to go. And um, that's uh, the difference. They were both developed by SIVA and uh, both uh, put out there. Yeah, guys. So basically it's testosterone in a nutshell, but it's got an added double bond, carbon one and carbon two position. So that double bond makes it less androgenic than testosterone on paper. It's about half as androgenic. Um, and like what we're saying, it, it has a 17th carbon position, methyl group addition. So that does make it hepatoxic and that allows it to pass through the liver without being destroyed. So 
we'll get into the side effects later, but that is one of the side effects that it will strain your liver a little bit. Now, I've seen underground labs come up with injectable Dbol, and then years later, you know, they discontinue it just because people don't don't use it. So Dbol primarily, I'd say 99% of the Dbol out there is going to be in tablet form or caps, you know, and that's just how it is. So um, it just doesn't sell. The injectable version just does not sell. And there's really no reason to be injecting it. So, you know, what are, who uses Dbol? Let's get into that. You know, Rick, you know, you've been in the gym a long time. You've been on the forums a long time. Do you notice a trend of less and less people using Dbol? It seems like the guys who are into size and into powerlifting, the old school guys love Dbol, but a lot of the young, a lot of the younger guys who are more into aesthetics and physique, they don't like Dbol as much. Do you notice this as well? Who's using Dbol? Just to start off, just to, I want to correct something that I, I think I, I'm a little bit of disagreement on there. The, the modification, uh, the meth, every anytime you methylate a hormone, you make it stronger at the receptor. So every time that hormone gets to the receptor, automatically just because it's got that, that group on there, it's going to, uh, to be stronger at the receptor site. Now, maybe the base hormone on paper might not look like, like it, but yeah, it can't. There's just no, no way an animal will be less, less hemogenic. Yeah. Well, that's an example of why I say on paper, guys, these ratios, they, they don't mean shit, you know, because – Trenbolone is also five times more androgenic than anabolic. What ratio does it give it? Uh, anabolic to androgenic ratio. What does it give? Yeah, one fifty to fifty. But uh, yeah, the, the methyl group uh, makes it makes it stronger at the receptor site. You know, what I'm saying it always does that. That's why yeah. it behaves. If it didn't, it wouldn't behave so much differently than it does. Both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I won't mention ratios to go, but but I mean, you know, that's just one of the statistics. That's just one of the specs behind it. I know it doesn't mean shit, the ratio, but I just throw it out there. Just Another thing to, to be like, even the reason why it creates more water retention than boldenon is because when it actually becomes, when it's aromatized and it becomes an estrogen, it becomes a stronger estrogen. It becomes methylstradiol, which basically it's also stronger than the receptor site because now you have an estrogen that's looking attached to estrogen receptors and it's stronger at the receptor than anything yeah. your body can produce naturally because of, yeah. of that, that modification. So that's why when you use Dianabol, you, you get very androgen-like heavy kind of androgen side effects like the acne, like the drive, like the oh, like want to go on. And also but, you, get, yeah, you get pretty heavy water retention which is something that you don't get with bolden on even running it at really no. high doses, you're just not going to get that big water retention and you're not you're just not going to get that that androgen pump it's completely different in my opinion anyway so who uses so who uses dianabol who i've seen out there using dianabol a uh, uh, bulkers the guys who are trying to bulk those are the guys who use dianabol a lot of the newbies many guys want to do a, a first run dianabol only cycle uh, some guys who can find legitimate and reliable anabar, if they can find reliable anabar, they can run a good dose of it. But guys who don't have the money, guys who are dipping their toe just to see what it's like. Many first-time guys will do the anabar only. And just, like I said, guys bulking, they'll add it as a kickstart to their cycle. Uh, run four, six weeks of D-ball at the start, along with your test and your DECA. That's a classic stack there. It's the anabar, test, and DECA. So it stacks great with those two. 
And uh, those are the guys using it, really. I don't see anybody out there um, saying they're using Dianabol for cutting. You could, because it'll still keep you from losing muscle mass as you're dieting down. And yeah, you'll get a little bit of puffiness from water retention, and we'll cover that a little bit later. But still, you'll get, um, you know, you can still use it for, for cutting. But most guys don't, don't look for it. For cutting the guys who use Dianabol, who want it, they want to gain weight, they want to gain mass, they want to bulk, they want to add on pounds. Yeah, it's not something you see contest prep ahead of contest prep people using. You don't see people who are trying to lose lose weight use it. Obviously, um, what I like about D Bowl is the mood enhancer that I notice using it, and that is um, that's really nice. It it really boosts your mood. It's not a steroid that you take and feel you know, uh, angry on, it doesn't make you that negative type of aggression that certain steroids will do. So it, it has its benefits and not, but give us some tips, Rick, um, about using it that people may not know, like, for example, using grapefruit juice with it to make it even stronger. Tell us about some tips. Yeah, the grapefruit juice is great because um, it actually slows down how quickly your liver gets rid of the hormone. It'll do it to other medications too. So you have to be careful if you take other meds, you probably shouldn't drink grapefruit juice because it'll make them last longer in your system. But when it comes to Dianabol, uh, stretching the, the life of it, how long it stays in your system a little bit longer, it's not a, not a bad idea. Also, out of all the orals uh, that we take, it's one of probably the ones that has the shorter half-life. So what I used to do was um, I'd crush my pill in a little water bottle and I drink the water bottle over a couple of hours. And I just felt that helped me get it in, like slow drip in, so I wouldn't have a big spike and a big dip. And I also didn't want to carry pills with me around, you know, my way to work or my way to places. So it was just real convenient to, to crush it in a little water bottle and, and sip out of it or um, crush a couple of pills in a, in a big water jug. And you don't want to leave it overnight. You know, some of these hormones are not meant to be in liquids like that, but a couple of hours, you're, you'll be fine. Just drink it over a couple hours and, and you're good. So uh, those are two, two good tips. Also, the animal will tend to give most people uh, acne. You want to be sure to, you know, tanning bed, uh, make sure you're keeping your skin clean. And uh, those are, you know, the main two things that come off the top of my head. What do you have, Steve? Maybe well, my tip with it is don't run too much, guys. Um, one of the things about Debo, beauty part of Debo is, is so fast acting. You don't have to just rush, rush it. You can just run. Um, you know, a solid conservative dosing of tremendous results. The thing about D-Bowl, because it's fast acting, you're going to get all the benefits. You're going to get the protein synthesis increase. You're going to get the nitrogen reception. It's going to inhibit the muscle eating hormones like cortisol that eat away at your muscle. Um, you know, and that's why it got so popular, especially in the seventies. And what guys would do in the seventies, the rumor was Arnold, um, especially in the off season, what he would do is run Primo hundred milligrams a day. And he'd, he'd stack it with 10, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 milligrams of D-Bowl a day with the Primo and that give it a little of an androgenic kick. And he liked that. He liked that cycle a lot and it worked, it worked beautifully for him and for others at that time too. So, you know, um, piggybacking on what Rick said, great, great steroid because it acts fast. Take advantage of it for, as a kickstart. Beautiful steroid to use as a kickstart for a cycle. If you're using a long ester like test sip, test E, Primo, EQ, long esters that take a while to, to um, you know, reach peak in your system, five, six weeks, you can run D-Bowl for first three, four weeks at a conservative dose, get a nice kickstart. So 
you know, that's, that's one of the benefits of it too, um, is that it's so fast acting. That's a huge, huge advantage. So, you know, let's get into uh, the next topic, Rick, with, with Debo. Let's get into some of the estrogen. So you have some um, different thoughts about estrogen and using an aromatase inhibitor than others, especially on forums. Uh, we're getting into a habit of always saying that you have to run an AI with Debo, and you have a different opinion. So why don't you share that with the uh, listeners? You know, I'm, I'm not out there on the forums arguing with people about this, um, but my personal belief is, you don't want to run an AI, an aromatase inhibitor, with Debo. Ideally, you shouldn't. If you think about it from its inception, from the start, Dianabo was meant to be a steroid for power lifters. And if you think about what it does, it's a great steroid for power lifters. It, it gives you some water retention. That water retention helps your strength. And as a power lifter, you also have to stay within certain weight classes. So if you just have some water retention, it's easy to flush that water out and stay within your weight class. And overnight, you could gain that water back after, after weighing in. When you use Dianable, you want that water retention. You don't want to kill the estrogen on it because then you're, you should just use Turinable, okay? If, if you don't want the water retention on Dianable, use Turinable, okay? If you're afraid of getting gynecomastia from the Dianable, use Novadex. The Novadex will keep that uh, nasty estrogen that converts out of Dianabol from actually attaching to those receptors. So just use the Novadex and it'll, Novadex will keep the, the estrogen out of, your, out of your nipples, but it, it'll still let you get some water retention and you should look for it. And I think the problem with, with Debo is guys will run like 40, 50, 60 milligrams and then use an AI with it. How about you use less Dianabol? is not really, when you think about it, it's not really that big of a muscle builder. Just, just run 20 megs, run 30 megs, no AI, get a little bit puffy on your cycle, you know? Now, when you add other compounds, when you add in like testosterone, when you add in other things, you change the game. My, my argument will, will crumble real quickly if you add in something like testosterone to the mix. But if you're doing, Dianable and say Primo, Dianable and say Masteron. And maybe you don't need to run an AI. Maybe you want to run that Dianable, you know, just let it run loose. Get a little bit of that water retention, get a little bit of that strength, right? And, and if you don't, again, my argument is just grab some Turinable, Winstrol, Anavar. There's so many other better options out there that create lean, lean gains with no water retention than to take Dianabol and then drop aromacin on top of it for like a Debo only cycle. I mean, what the fuck? What are, what are you doing? That's my, yeah. that, you know, this is my opinion. You know, I'm leaving it on this podcast. Like, if anybody wants to argue with me about it on the forums, they could make a threat and I'll come in and defend myself. But, uh, the, you know, that's just my feeling on it. There are other compounds that, that do what you want. No muscle, no water retention. So don't use Dianabol in that way. And again, my argument changes when you add other compounds when you add, you know, testosterone, when you add EQ, you know, it changes, my argument changes because then you might need an AI. You might need to lower. And, and difference here, guys, and, and we have to do a couple of big shows on aromacin and, and Novadex. Novadex doesn't lower your overall estrogen levels. It just keeps estrogen out of your nipples, out of, out of you know, those receptors there. 
aromasin or imidex, they lower your overall estrogen levels. So it, there's, a, there's a big difference in how they both and how they both work. So it's something we'll do big shows on it. Um, many of the guys that run a couple cycles know. Many of the newbies don't. So it's good to just get it out there for the guys that don't. All right, guys. So everyone wants to know dosages. I personally, um, I like to kickstart D-Bowl if I'm, if I'm choosing D-Bowl, 20 milligrams a day. Plenty for me. Plenty. Good quality D-Bowl, plenty. Maybe 30 milligrams at most. I'm seeing guys running 50 milligrams of D-Bowl. I think that's too much. I don't think it's necessary. I think you're getting greedy when you do that. And, you know, how to stack it. Rick went over some good stacks with it. Guys, um, you could stack it with an oral. Um, I've done 20 milligram D-Bowl, 20 milligram T-Bowl together for like six weeks, five, six weeks. It was a great little oral run. So you can play around with D-Bowl a little bit. It's a good yin and yang steroid. Put it with something dry. Like I said earlier, Arnold, he stacked D-Bowl with Primo. That was his go-to stack. They didn't use testosterone in the 70s. Um, you know, they couldn't. They didn't have AIs back then. They didn't have any way to control estrogen. They didn't even have Novodex back then. They didn't have CIRMs. So he couldn't use it with testosterone, so he used it with Primo. He blasted a bunch of Primo and threw in a little D-Bowl in there to give it a little kick. And that's how he took advantage of it. So, guys, you can play around with D-Bowl. It's a very versatile steroid. Nice thing about it, again, short half-life. So you can always pull it. If you're not liking what it's doing for you, you can always just stop it and it'll trickle out of your system within a week and a half. It'll be gone. So that's the beauty of, of using D-Bowl. How about you, Rick? Um, any other stacks? Any other dosage advice? D-Bowl stacks great with anything, anything out there. I mean, the only thing I, I had bad experience taking it with, and I go back to it again, Diana Ball and, and Trend, uh, just terrible back pumps, shin splints, and very lethargic and then restless at night. So those two are just uh, together, probably not a great combination, but you get Dianabol and Deca, great. Dianabol and Test works great. You might need an AI then. Uh, Dianabol and Masteron, awesome. Dianabol and Primo, perfect. These are all really, really, really good stacks. They go well. Dianabol goes great with everything, you know, in my opinion. Uh, even on its own is great. I think on its own is great if you're looking for strength. If you're looking for permanent muscle mass, probably not. If you're looking for strength on its own, it's about all you need. So, you know, that's, that's the way to stack it, in my opinion. Again, and I, and I going back to, to also dosages and stuff, 20 megs, man, 10 megs, 15 megs, that'll do it. No, no AI, maybe just the Nova. If you think you, you want to prevent, I know, just a little bit of Nova dose. And I think those that's uh, just keeping the lower dose. That just that that um that dianabol is going to aromatize into methylstradiol, which is a, a much stronger estrogen than your body would produce naturally. And that sounds harsh, but you want that. That's kind of that's kind of the point of it. You get that, that little bit of water retention from it at a very low dose. You know, 20 nigs, that'll do you. Some guys can even do with 10. You get that little bit of water retention, that little bit of extra strength. And if you got some some you know, Primo Bowling backing it up. Uh, if you have some Mastron backing it up, then, you know, you're in the game. You're, you're making some, some solid gains. But just don't, don't overdose on it. I think more than 20 megs of D-Bowl, it's just not worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, you bring up pumps. d 
D-ball is legendary for those D-ball pumps. It uh, feels great. You're working your biceps, you're working calves in the gym. Controlled pumps, fantastic. But if you're a cardio, you like to run, bad idea. Yeah, it's, it's like going back to, to what I said, you know, from its start, it was meant to be a power lifter's steroid. So you go in there, in performance, you do a rep, you get the hell off the stage. I mean, you, it's very low rep kind of steroid. If you're taking D-ball and you end the mat and roll doing jujitsu or you try to hit the bag or you try to go for a run or even get on a bike, you might have some real issues with just muscles cramping up that you don't want to get pumps and don't want to cramp up. It's really a power lifter steroid. All right, guys. So side effects, Rick. Um, we talked about the liver toxicity. We're talking about the possibility of estrogen issues, especially if you, if you stack it. We talk about the pumps. My recommendation for the pumps is taurine. If the pumps get too bad, you can take some taurine. I like to use N2Guard. N2Guard has about 250 milligrams of taurine per serving. So that will help tremendously with the pumps. Um, what are some other suggestions that you recommend when it comes to side effects and how to deal with side effects on D-Bowl? Um, for the liver, okay, for your liver, uh, tutka and milk thistle. I put those two ingredients in my products. Uh, and then to guard, but you don't have to buy my brand. You can get yourself just a bottle of Tudka, a bottle of milk thistle. Make sure it's a good, reputable brand. So just get yourself Tudka milk thistle. That's been to me what I felt has really helped my liver along a lot on any of these oral cycles. As far as the estrogen side effects, again, if you're worried about bloating, lower the dosage. If you worry about getting gynecomastia, maybe don't use Dianabol because it'll produce methostradiol, which will be real strong in those receptors. But Novadex will sit there and block it out of the glands under your nipples. Uh, Agni. Agni is another uh, big thing on Debo. Uh, we had a, a discussion on the last podcast about Agni. Sun, sun tanning, sun in bed, keeping your skin clean. I think going into the pool, some reason being dipped in chlorine has always kept my, my back and my chest and, and you know, my, my body clean of acne. Yep. Excellent. So cost guys want to know how much it costs guys. Debo is one of the cheapest steroids you could possibly buy. I mean, you can, you can look it up. Um, we're talking like literally like 25 cents to 50 cents uh, for a 10 milligram pill of it it's dirt dirt cheap it's cheaper than than anything you can buy even at an over-the-counter at a pharmacy so it's one of the cheapest steroids guys it's so simple uh to manufacture and any source that charges <laughs> anything more than that they're they're probably um they're just ripping you off they're trying to make a big profit margin but it's so cheap to produce that it's so cheap to sell um, so you'd be able to buy a four week, six week supply for literally not even a hundred dollars. Like it's so fucking cheap and it's very easy to find. Yeah, guys. And every source out there is going to have D bowl. If they don't have D bowl, then honestly, like, I don't know, something's wrong with them because D bowl has been around a long time and it's a, it's one of the most standard steroids, especially oral steroids that any source is going to have. So so let's get into a little bit about, um, we talked about half-life detection time. If you're a tested athlete, how long do you have to wait before, you know, how, you know, when, if you get tested, are you going to get busted for it? So that we think the detection time is about six weeks. So that isn't very long. So if you are a tested athlete, you get tested 
a couple times a year, you know, it's a safer oral to use, it's a safer steroid to use. Is you can literally stop it, um, and six weeks later, you won't get busted for it. So that's another nice thing about it as well. So um, that helps a lot. And, uh, you know, that guys, you know, there's so much information um, on this podcast that we talked about already. Um, what are some of the examples, Rick? And I, I just want to throw something in out there for, for everybody listening. If you're a lower level athlete, and you're maybe getting the regular tests. What Steve said will most likely be right. If you're a higher level athlete, like Olympic level, like professional top, you know, UFC level, top level athlete, there's some new testing out there where they're not testing for Dianabol anymore. They're testing for some metabolites of Dianabol that linger in the body for months and months after Dianabol's gone. And they're looking for picograms. Of, the, of these metabolites. And these tests are very expensive, but they're out there. If one of these metabolites, and there's a few of them, is in your system, there's no other way that it could have gotten there unless you had taken Dianabol at some point within months past. So I don't like to help anybody cheat. I, if somebody calls on the podcast, you know, I'll give them some advice here, but I've never taken money from anybody to help them test clean because in my opinion, the reason why steroids are illegal for the rest of us is because guys competing started using them. And so it's a sweeping ban, a sweepingly legal to keep it out of the hands of, of a less than a 1% of, of athletes that are competing that really matter. But just to let you guys know out there, just, just to bring it up to your top level, and maybe you listen to this or you work with somebody who's top level, um, they will fucking get you. If they really want to and they do the right test, they can look for metabolites that linger and sit in your fat cells for months and months after the steroid is gone. And they identify those metabolites and they know the only way they could have gotten there into your body is because you put this earlier synthetic drug in your system. So uh, just be aware this is just for everybody out there. Yeah, and I agree. I agree with that, Rick. It's so we had a live uh, question come in, Rick. And it's from Sarah. She wants to know, is it safe for females to use the bowl? So um, I think I'll answer this very simply. I, I don't think it is. I think the bowl is a little uh, too androgenic for females to use. I don't see it being beneficial for females. So in your situation, I'd say, I'd say definitely not. It's probably not a good idea for females. Any, any questions come on your end, Rick, that we want to hit? You know, they, there was a time when we had a professional bodybuilding for women. And I'm sure some of those women use Dianabol. Uh, but these are women who, at that point, they decided that they wanted to be professional bodybuilders. And they were, you know, they were giving up looking feminine to, to get there. And, and that's fine. For like fitness girls level, you know, wellness, all these, all these categories, this, the, the, what competitions are today, Maybe women, nah, no, no, Dianabol, no. There's just no reason. I think there's the only thing women should use is Anavar. It's the only steroid I'd recommend for, for any woman that I think it's safe to use for women. Anavar, that's it. And maybe if you're competing, like getting on stage, maybe a little bit of a windstroke with the Anavar, that's about it. If you can't do with a tiny, tiny amount of, of winning Anavar to get on stage, then you just don't have it. But no reason to use the Anavar unless you're, you know, 
your goal is to be a professional women bodybuilder, which I believe as of today, the category is that there's no more uh, professional women bodybuilding competition. Now it's just uh, fitness girls in different categories. All right, guys, I think we've covered just about anything. Greg, is there anything else you want to add about D-Bowl before we um, let the listeners go for tonight? Um, let's see if there's anything important. I think we're good, man. Let's, do, let's revisit D-Bowl. I think we're going we're gonna to do these shows, a whole round of, of shows, just concentrating on one compound. Everything from history uses everything. And then we'll, um, we'll come back to Debo. We'll see if there's anything we missed on this podcast when we listen to it. You know, that happens a lot, right? We listen to the podcast and then we'll realize, man, there was this piece of info I could have added. There was that piece of info I could have added. Yeah. So we'll do, I'll take some notes when I listen to it. And then we'll revisit Debo after we, we do the whole round, after we do EQ. The next show is going to be 276 Equipoise. We're going to do the big Equipoise show. So about... You know, and it's a good show to do after Dianable because uh, obviously we discussed it a little bit today. So 276, big equipoise show. We'll do everything from then on. Anavar, Winstrol, Clenbuterol, Albuterol. We'll do some, some over-the-counter compounds. We'll do uh, some peptides. We'll do some SARMs. Just a whole show dedicated to everything we know about it as of today and, and just practical uses of it. All right, guys. Look, we appreciate you guys listening, guys. Um, Keep the questions coming, guys. I'm always on the forum, Steve SMI. And uh, if you want to get in touch with me, please feel free to. We'd love to hear from you. So evolution.org podcast, guys. We'll keep it going. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night, Steve. Have a good night, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.